Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless possible. When we watched Jay-Z and Beyonce walk the Met Gala in 2014, we saw a blissfully happy husband and wife. Only when a black and white video leaked a week later, the public realised there had been a trick mirror all along. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Zara McDonald. Michelle Andrews, we're back. We are back. We are refreshed after our break and we are so excited to talk about Elevator Gate. This has been a story very, very high on my list. I think because it feels like one of the most iconic pop culture scandals in recent memory. Yeah, I think as well, thinking back to when this actually all came out in 2014 and then again in 2016. I was obsessed with Beyonce at this point in my life. Like 2013 was the year when she had just released her self-titled album. It's potentially her most successful album of her career. It became the fastest selling album in the history of the iTunes store up until that date. I was just fanatical about her. Everything she did, everywhere she went, I was kind of watching with a very keen eye. So to see this black and white video be released through TMZ shook my world up a little bit. Well, this is the thing about this story. A bit like the Kim Kardashian 72-day marriage, I remember this unfolding very clearly in the public eye, or I thought that I did. But then when you go back and do the digging, you forget the amount of detail that was Mm. in this story and how many tiny puzzle pieces there were, particularly about how much came out in the years after with both of their albums. So I'm really excited for this one. I just remember at the time, having this like visceral sense straight away when I saw that footage that he simply must have cheated because she did nothing. And I think that was always my confusion is why is Beyonce in this elevator basically mute and not moving? Standing to the side while her sister goes and her husband. We are going to delve into all of it. But first we need to rewind Zara. Where are we heading? We're going to May 5, 2014.
All right, Mish, we are at the Met Gala. So it good is, to be here. It's the first <laughs> Monday in May in 2014 and Beyonce and Jay-Z are on the red carpet. They are. This is fashion's night of nights. We know the Met Gala because it is the fashion world's equivalent of the Oscars. It's basically an evening where the world's best, most highbrow designers, models and Hollywood stars all get in a room together, all look impeccable and immaculate and generate massive publicity for the Met Museum. Yeah, according to Business Insider, tickets for the event are about $30,000 US per ticket. So it is not a cheap event for anyone to go to. In 2014, the theme was Charles James Beyond Fashion. Now, is it bad that I feel like that should be James Charles the other I, way? <laughs> the no, YouTube I, creator. I agree with you, but I'm sure Charles James would be turning in his grave with you saying that. So as we know with the Met Gala, every single year is themed based on the exhibition in the Met Museum. This one, as I said, was about Charles James. He was an English-American fashion designer known for his ball gowns and highly structured aesthetic. I was looking through photos from this Met Gala or this Met Ball trying to see what looks were really iconic to try and jog my memory Mm. for the year. Does that make any sense at all? No, absolutely. Because even at Shameless, sometimes on Instagram, we do lookbacks at like the best Met Ball looks ever. Like I remember the look of Naomi Campbell in the very beautiful Versace mini dress that was in the 80s or 90s, right up until today when we had Rihanna wearing that canary yellow gown that was turned into a pizza meme. I remember that. I feel like that is one of the most iconic looks from the Met Gala ever. And that's why I wanted to go through the galleries because I wanted to say, well, what's jogging my memory here? Just before we get into Beyonce and Jay-Z on this red carpet, for a bit of context, this was 2014, as we said. It's interesting to note that this was Kim Kardashian's second ever Met Ball. Mm. So this is a while ago in the context of celebrity. But today, of course, we're looking at Jay-Z and Beyonce. They were dubbed the king and queen of the Met Gala by reporters. That is no overstatement to say. Yeah, they were the hottest commodity on that red carpet. Everyone was waiting for them to show up when they did rock up. There were like raucous screams from fans who were watching across the road. Beyonce rocked up in a sheer black Givenchy dress with a plunging neckline and see-through underlining with a matching birdcage headpiece. It was all very black and not gothic, but quite dark. She also had on this like almost mahogany coloured lipstick. Her hair was slicked back into a low bun. It goes without saying, she looked impeccable amazing I actually really love this look and I didn't remember it before I went and looked at it yeah right Jay-Z was also in Givenchy he was in a white jacket black pants white shirt and black bow tie they looked great together I mean they always look great surprised it's not like they're throwing on like random shit in their closet (laughs) and not making sure they match right well they did give the paparazzi and the tabloids their dream moment as well so while everyone was snapping photos of the couple one of Beyonce Beyonce's rings fell off. Probably not all that surprising. I'm imagining that she's like borrowing jewellery from designers. They wouldn't all be sized to her fingers correctly. One ring slipped off onto the red carpet. Jay-Z bent down, picked up the ring and kind of slid it back onto Beyonce's finger And it was dubbed as a faux proposal or like a mock proposal of the night. The reporters on the red carpet went wild for this. And it was a lovely moment, don't get me wrong. But there was this (laughs) excerpt from Time magazine that I wanted to read out (laughs) to give you a sense of how perhaps over the top the coverage of this moment was and how much we fawned over the couple at this time. This is what it said. 
While Beyonce was making her way down the red carpet at the annual Met Gala, one of her rings fell off her finger. Luckily, her devoted husband Jay-Z located it and knelt down to retrieve it. Then he slipped the ring onto Bay's finger in a mock proposal, much to the delight of many photographers hovering nearby. Everyone loved this gesture because it was Jay-Z literally putting a ring on it. <laughs> also, because it was adorable and proved once again that Jay and Bay are the most perfect, gorgeous, wonderful couple. Can we have a conversation about the fact that this this is not Hello Magazine. This is not Us Weekly. This is Time Magazine calling them the most perfect, gorgeous, wonderful couple. It's sycophantic. Also, can we have a moment for the thread that seems to bind all of these episodes in that there is always some sense of foreboding with like <laughs> yeah. press coverage? Why do that, we do this? That day, someone wrote, they are the most perfect, gorgeous, wonderful couple. And don't get me wrong, they are clearly an incredible couple and we'll come to that at the end of the episode. But they weren't without their faults as we found out a week later. Yeah, particularly when this exchange happens. Like this is the crazy thing about the elevator gate story. We know things were far from perfect at this time and yet according to the public at least what we saw published in the first week of May 2014 these two were like the pinnacle of marital bliss everyone held them up as the ideal it was very disorienting to find out that that wasn't the case yeah and just back on this little red carpet moment that reporters fell over themselves about I think it speaks to how private they had been for decades mm. and how little they have given us over time. And so one small exchange on a red carpet, although it doesn't look like much, is a lot for reporters who never get a Beyonce or Jay-Z headline because there never is one to get. Yeah, well, on that, let's actually talk about the relationship history between Beyonce and Jay-Z because this is not an ordinary celebrity couple. The way that this relationship entered the public eye was very, very different. And this is something I didn't realise until I really started properly digging for this episode. So from the very start of their relationship, from the beginning, Jay-Z and Beyonce have been remarkably cryptic about their private life. They have managed to keep the most intimate aspects of their life sealed away from the public, despite being two of the most famous people in the world. So one big example of this is how how much effort they put into keeping their relationship a secret almost until after they got married. Yeah, well, even until today, it feels like they're still guarding details about their relationship history because they simply don't want it out in the public domain. Like we still really don't know exactly when they met or exactly when they began dating, we which have, feels bizarre. We have no idea. So rumours about their relationship didn't really surface until October 2002 when Jay-Z released O3 Bonnie and Clyde and that featured Beyonce on the track. Mm. But when those rumours started to surface, it became clear that perhaps they'd been dating for a while before that. For example... In a 2007 interview with Charlie Rose, Jay-Z said that he had met Beyonce 10 years ago, which takes it to 1997. But in a 2008 interview with Seventeen magazine, Beyonce said that she was 18 when they first met, 19 when they first started dating. She was born in September 1981, which would put their first meeting in late 1999 or early 2000. This has only occurred to me now, but could it be a reason for the ambiguity that if Beyonce was 17 when they began dating, that's not a really good stat or detail to have in the public eye. Like it's unusual yeah. for one guy to say we met and we got together in 1997, her to be very clear that she was 18 when they got together and to put that date a couple of years later. I just, I don't really understand why it needs to be so confusing 
unless there might be some detail that isn't the best to have in the public domain. I think you might be right, for sure. I mean, the other element is there's always been a level of mystery about Beyonce and Jay-Z in general, particularly Mm. Beyonce. Like, she thrives off that mystique. So they never, ever really confirmed their relationship, even after reportedly dating for years. In 2003, Jay-Z said to Playboy magazine that they were just friends. (laughs) Why? I know. Why are we lying? (laughs) They were, however, papped so much that year, and that was also the year that Crazy in Love came out. So it was a time where we kind of just assumed they were together anyway. Yeah, as the years went on, they still didn't confirm this. So by the year of 2003, seven rumors of them being engaged really hit fever pitch but again we heard nothing the tabloid said that jay-z had proposed on beyonce's 26th birthday in april 2008 they married at a private ceremony at jay-z's tribeca apartment in new york again incredibly low-key incredibly private going to every length to make sure that things are literally behind closed doors and in the comfort of their home well we didn't actually know at the time that they even got married according to a profile in essence magazine magazine of Beyonce. The public only got confirmation that those two were married about four months later because Beyonce was actually papped on the street and in order to shield her face from the paparazzi, she picked up her purse with her left hand, put it in front of her face and she had a wedding ring on. And I was just so struck doing this research about how private they've been over the years. I knew that they were private, but I haven't seen another couple like this. Yeah, it's interesting as well because I wonder if the mystique is actually helpful to their careers. I want to know listeners' feedback on this as well. From my perspective, Jay-Z is served by the mystique because it's probably a better look for a rapper to not be in a monogamous relationship. Like, does that fit into the rapper branding as much? I don't know. I mean, I I haven't quite thought of it from that angle. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know. And then I feel like Beyonce might be served by the mystique because the less she gives us, the more we want. I have a sense that initially their desire for privacy came from a genuine place of wanting to stay sane. Mm. I mean, in that Essence profile, there was a quote from her where she said, this is the only way I've been able to stay sane, so why would I start talking now? I have a hunch that they decided to stay really private because of that and then realised that actually it was working for them as well, that actually we wanted more the less they gave. Yeah, so... Fast forward to the Met Gala. Everything is looking amazing. At this point in their lives in 2014, they have a toddler by the name of Blue Ivy. She was born in 2012. They have just announced in the weeks leading up to the Met Gala that they are about to go on their first ever world tour together. It is called On The Run and it's going to be huge. Yeah, exactly. Apparently this tour was thrown together in a matter of months as well. But the amount of money behind this tour is huge. There is a lot on the line. And so a great moment between Beyonce and Jay-Z on the red carpet, just as they're trying to sell tickets for this tour, is very worth it. So we're at the Met Ball, Mish. That evening, designer Mario Testino shared a photo of Beyonce and Jay-Z at dinner, and they look quite affectionate. They look very chill. They just, they literally look like a very happy married couple. They're kind of in an embrace where they're leaning into each other and smiling up at the camera Seated on a nearby table was Solange, Zara. We haven't even talked about the fact that Beyonce's sister was at the Met Ball as well. So at that point, Solange was the 27-year-old, lesser known but incredibly famous younger sister of Beyonce and a pretty wildly successful singer in her own right. She was wearing this sort of sherbetty Peach Phillip limb gown and her hair was cropped into like this choppy pixie cut. Yeah, so when you combine all of these forces together, huge celebrities in their own right, Solange, 
Solange, Beyonce and Jay-Z. We really are talking about the first family of music. The first family of celebrity almost. I mean, speaking of Solange's success, she in her own right had an album, her second studio album, Soul Angel and Hadley St. Dreams, peak at number nine on the US Billboard 200. So she did have a strong career of her own and it's a mistake for anyone to talk about her just in relation to her admittedly, more famous older sister. So it was after they walked the red carpet, had dinner at the Met Ball and... I don't even know what they would even do at the Met Gala. I don't know what one does inside there. Don't they take a lot of mirror selfies in the bathroom? What year was that when all the celebrities got together and took a selfie in the mirror? Oh, yeah, I, d- I don't know. Is that <laughs> the one where they were in the bathroom smoking? Yes, I think there was yeah. some smoking celebs and Kendall Jenner was involved. I mean, I clearly have no idea what they do, but I can't imagine it's a very comfortable affair in those like very tight, exuberant costumes. No. But we do know that the after party, the main after party, was held at the Standard Hotel in the boom, boom, boom room. <laughs> which is the standards rooftop club. Now, we also know that Beyonce, Solange and Jay-Z were all there and this is where everything went down. This is where everything went down, although we wouldn't know about it for another week, Zara. So anyone who saw any content come out on the night or the day or the week after the Met Ball would have thought, wow, what a fun, happy night for Beyonce, Jay-Z and Solange until... A little-known publication by the name of TMZ released a video from the night of the Met Ball one week later. So this is the following Monday and it sent everything into an absolute spiral. Yes. So on Monday the 12th of May in 2014, TMZ published a story that was replete with a grainy, soundless, black and white elevator video that ran under the headline, Jay-Z physically attacked by Beyonce's sister. In all caps in the classic TMZ way. (laughs) What else would TMZ do? (laughs) Can we please observe the drama as well of the opening line of this article because it really gave me a bit of a giggle. This is what TMZ wrote. Jay-Z was ferociously assaulted by Beyonce's sister Solange, dot, 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 who was wildly kicking and swinging at him inside the elevator, dot, 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 and the attack was captured on surveillance video, dot, 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 obtained by TMZ. I would love to be a fly on the wall at TMZ and understand their style guide because anyone that's read an article from TMZ (laughs) will have no idea why they use ellipses with such reckless abandon. I can imagine like an editor hovering over a junior writer's shoulder and be like, add add more, one there. Yep, another ellipses. It makes no (laughs) sense. So it wasn't a long elevator ride. It was taking Beyonce, Solange and Jay-Z out of the after party. So they were going from the rooftop down to the ground. It was about, I think, a minute long-ish video and it begins with Beyonce entering the elevator and sort of going into a corner and then her sister coming after, then Jay-Z coming after that and then a second man following who appears to be a bodyguard. So we've got four people in this elevator. Four people in this elevator and a fuckload of drama. So when you actually look closely, according to TMZ, you can see the bodyguard at one point hit the emergency stop switch on the 12th floor. So that is mid-fight between Solange and Jay-Z ostensibly to give them more privacy or to delay when the elevator doors are going to open because clearly they do not want these doors opening to a flock of press when there is a physical altercation going down. Yeah, or any stranger who could potentially shed some light on this. I mean, at one point Solange is hitting Jay-Z so hard with her purse, the entire contents of the purse spilt all over the floor of the elevator. And the TMZ article, one of the lines read, all three walked out of the building together, 
Solange looks pissed, but while Bay and Solange get in one car, security walks Jay to a different one. So it's like this incredible scene that you've got photos of them at the Met Gala, photos of them at the after party. You don't see them walk into the lift. You only see them walk out of it and everyone's smiling again, although they do go in separate cars. Mm. But had we never seen this footage, it's like some weird trick mirror. It's an alternate universe. It's a literal trick mirror. It's crazy to think that outwardly this family can project such an image that is clearly at odds with the reality of what is going on behind closed doors. I mean, for any family to be in this amount of disarray says that there is some serious shit going on. So it's almost like hats off to them that they can put on such poker faces when in front of cameras. That is such a skill if they are masking. Even on that red carpet, I refuse to believe that something just happened to erupt that night that Beyonce had no idea about. There had to have been simmering tensions before that elevator ride. There had to have been something going on that Beyonce herself was managing to keep so under wraps. I agree with you 100%. I also think, not to be too saccharine about this, but I do think an example like this is so reminiscent of how many of us live our lives that you can project a certain image, but with so much else going on behind the scenes. Like this is just one of the most famous examples of tension stuffed under the surface. The elevator ride is the living embodiment of Instagram culture. Yeah, I know. I mean, I didn't want to go there, but I did anyway. And I hate myself, but love myself in equal measure for doing so. I mean, I think that's what made this so iconic though, the ambiguity of what happened in the days, the weeks leading up to this, what happened in the minutes leading up to this and how we will never quite know. Yeah, the ambiguity really gave us all an insatiable appetite for as much information as we could get. I feel like the Atlantic Spencer Kornhaber really summed this up beautifully when he wrote, you have Solange appearing to angrily attack Jay-Z and being restrained by a bodyguard as Beyonce stands more or less composed off to the side. All of this happening at one of the most glamorous celebrity events in the world. And as there's no audio, there's an irresistible mystery. Why did this happen? This is epic level drama. This is the stuff of fan fiction. This is as good as Game of Thrones. How great is that line? I also loved this tweet from writer Roxanne Gay who said, I want to know every single thing about this without shame. We are going to get into the world's reaction to this video in a moment. But first, a word from today's sponsor. Zara, before the break, we covered the fact that TMZ, on the fateful day that was May 12, 2014, released video footage of the Knowles-Carter family that would forever change their image in the public eye. Yeah, exactly. The assault itself, and I think it's pretty fair to call it an assault, became its own meme faster than you could type. Hashtag what Jay-Z said to Solange, which was the trending hashtag after this video was published. According to Time magazine, Solange was the butt of most of the jokes, which took swipes at her career and her Wikipedia page. Even Vox wrote an explainer, who was Solange and why is she attacking Jay-Z? So it is interesting to me that these publications felt the need to make jokes that she was a nobody. Yeah, I think it's very white as well. I think a lot of white people expose themselves for being very white-centric with the celebrities that they gravitate to or the music that they listen to as well. Jezebel, who brands themselves as being a feminist publication, was perhaps the nastiest of them all. They published a whole article outlining theories as to what could have happened and one of the main theories posited was that, and I quote, is Solange a nasty drunk? 
Quote, the fight did take place at the end of the night, which is when people are usually at their drunkest. Considered the feisty one of the two sisters, Solange isn't afraid to call people out, even if it burns bridges or leaves her looking like an asshole. Somebody with a quick temper could easily turn into a bad drunk. I mean, here's the interesting part of this story, because as much as I look at quotes like that and think like it's just not the tone, like it's just nasty, we do have an example here of a woman hitting a man. Like mm. nobody can deny the serious of the assault that we saw. It's violence and it needs to be discussed in those terms, right? But I feel like even quotes like that from Jezebel trivialise the yes. issue. Like they make it sound like, oh, she's a nasty drunk who acts out at times. It's like, no, no, no. This is an incident of violence and we should be taking it seriously whether or not it's a woman or a man being the perpetrator. Yeah, and an article like that one makes the inference that it's like a switch that you can turn it on and off and I think that's a pretty dangerous way to look at assault and violence anyway. Anyway. Yeah, totally. And I think this all led the public into a bit of a tizzy because people had nothing to go off. So they were just trying to clamber and find any information they could at all. Obviously, the tabloids were on this like sniffer dogs as well. I mean, you have a video of Jay-Z and Beyonce in an altercation with Solange and you're going to be looking for any shred of info that you can. So it turns out, thanks to some tabloid journalists reporting, that Beyonce and her sister did take a trip to Costa Rica together after the Met Ball. So they went off in the separate cars. Jay-Z went one way. Solange and Beyonce went another way. They stayed together. The two sisters went to Kelly Rowland's secret wedding and Jay-Z wasn't there. Yeah. So, I mean, only 30 people went to Kelly Rowland's wedding. So it's not super strange that he didn't go. Solange actually used to dance for Destiny's Child. So he was pretty close with Kelly Rowland. But this was what was interesting is the public tried to do a bit of dot connecting with the help of tabloids, as you said, to piece together the puzzle of what actually happened in the immediate aftermath of this incident. Like, how did they act in the week between this happening and us finding out? Were they hanging out? Was there tension that we can now look at with fresh eyes? I mean, what's also interesting is on the 7th of May, whether or not people actually find this interesting <laughs> actually is quite subjective, Beyonce posted a prayer to Instagram writing, help me choose my friends wisely so I won't be led astray. Give me discernment and strength to separate myself from anyone who is not a good influence. Now, whether or not that's actually connected now <laughs> to that incident remains to be seen. But you can imagine that people are pulling on every single thing that happened in this week to say, are there clues there? Yeah, and I think that's fair enough. I mean, whenever you get a meaningful quote post on Instagram, people are going to read into it. I think you're almost inviting people to read into it. I agree with you. I don't think anyone's, I would love people to come and disagree with this or agree with it. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's necessarily posting a quote that isn't pointed in some way or another. Yeah, agree. So after Costa Rica, it then emerged that Beyonce returned to New York City to go to a Nets game at Brooklyn's Barclays Centre with her husband on the Saturday night. So this altercation occurred on the Monday. She goes to Costa Rica for a hot minute. By the Saturday, she's back in New York and she's watching the basketball alongside her husband. Yeah, the next Sunday, that next day is Mother's Day. So she, I imagine she celebrates with Blue Ivy. And then the video leaked on the Monday. Now, what's really interesting is that on that Monday night, just hours after the video leaked, Jay-Z and Beyonce went to another basketball game. Like <laughs> They really like their basketball. They love their basketball. I mean, Jay-Z at one point has owned a part of the Brooklyn Nets. So I imagine in their minds, it would have been perhaps a bigger deal if they didn't turn up. So they needed to save face and just go. But yeah. that's a lot of eyes on you for a long period of time. Well, it almost felt like part of their weekly routine. And therefore, if they did 
deviated from the routine, imagine the headlines then. But for them to appear as if everything was normal was probably the smartest PR move they could have taken. We need to talk about the jewellery shop rumour though because we know that Jay-Z and Beyonce were photographed out together looking like nothing in the world was awry at all. However, we also had rumours that Solange and Jay-Z were together and kind of playing happy families during this week as well. This is one of the stranger parts of this story. So on the Tuesday, so this is the day after this video is leaked, apparently, according to TMZ, Solange and Jay-Z go to a jewellery shop called Mr. Flawless together. <laughs> now, according to TMZ, Solange's reps said, no, she wasn't in New York at the time, they didn't go. However, and this is a quote from TMZ, we were told by Mr. Flawless himself that he personally waited on Jay-Z and Solange and was specific as to how long they were there and where they were looking inside the store. We also spoke with a famous New York City DJ who happened to be outside the store and who also insists he saw Jay-Z and Solange come out of the store, get into a Mercedes-Benz G-Wagon and drive off. Okay, and then we had this, which I don't know what to make sense of or what to do with this information because Mr. Flawless, the owner of the jewellery shop, then spoke to Wendy Williams on her show the following day. So TMZ publishes this on Tuesday. By the Wednesday, he's appearing on Wendy Williams and saying that he never said that to TMZ and that the report was false, which I just, I just don't understand. I know that tabloids make shit up. Do they make shit up to this point when they're naming a person? Like if the person's identifiable, that is pretty egregious for a publication to do that. They might make shit up when it's an unnamed source, but I don't back this as being a false story. So I think there are two ways to look at this. I think that Mr. Flawless <laughs> definitely told TMZ that he served Jay-Z and Solange. And yes. one of two things has happened after that. Either... Jay-Z and Solange's teams have asked him to retract that statement and to hide mm. the fact that they were shopping together or Jay-Z and Solange's teams have called him and said, that never happened, you better retract that or we'll sue you. Yeah, so either he was trying to get publicity with a falsehood or he was trying to maintain a very lucrative relationship with the celebrities who clearly frequent his store. Which one's more likely? The latter. I think he's more likely to go, fuck, probably shouldn't have told TMZ that. Yes, they are good customers of mine. They spend a lot of money here and my allegiance will be with them, not the tabloids. But why would they not want the world to know that they were shopping together? Because it's the Beyonce, Carter Knowles, <laughs> Jay-Z, Solange family. Like they just don't like details about anything that they do being in the public domain, apart from fucking basketball games. It's so confusing. <laughs> so on May 15, which was three days after the video was published, the family finally acknowledged it with a statement. So that's a pretty long three days without acknowledging it. Yeah, well, I mean, they had to do something at one point because as much as we can joke about jewellery stores and basketball games, this was the biggest celebrity story of the year. Everyone was looking at this. Everyone was putting a magnifying glass up to the lives of Beyonce, Jay-Z and Solange. They couldn't ignore this forever and so they didn't ignore it forever. They released a statement to the Associated Press that read, as a result of the public release of elevator security footage from Monday, May 5th, there has been a great deal of speculation about what triggered the unfortunate incident. But the most important thing is that our family has worked through it. Jay and Solange each assume their share of responsibility for 
what has occurred. They both acknowledge their role in this private matter that has played out in the public. They both have apologised to each other and we have moved forward as a united family. The statement went on to say, the reports of Solange being intoxicated or displaying erratic behaviour throughout the evening are simply false. The end of the day, families have problems and we're no different. We love each other and above all, we are family. We've put this behind us and hope everybody else will do the same. Thoughts? I mean, about as fair a statement as I can think of. Like, I'm not sure what else they can and should have said. I love the line, though. There has been a great deal of speculation about what triggered the unfortunate incident, but just, like, leaving that there and going, anyway, everything's fine now. (laughs) We will never tell you. I mean, they are right. Families are complicated. Everybody listening to this would agree with that. So it's no surprise or it shouldn't be a surprise that just because they're famous they wouldn't be any different. It's just that people wanted to know what happened. That was it. (laughs) On the same day... The Standard Hotel issued a statement regarding the breach in security and E! News confirmed that they had identified the guard responsible for the leak. Apparently the guard was able to sell this footage for as much as $250,000. He was promptly fired from his job, but I mean... This seems low to me. 250k for this when we've spoken about Angelina and Brad selling baby pictures for like millions of dollars. People are far more interested in elevator footage of an altercation than a photo of a baby when all babies look the same. I mean, we worked in women's media for a while. We should not be surprised about how many people click on baby stories. (laughs) That is one thing I'll always be stumped about is how well baby photos and baby stories do. But I mean, $250,000. Yes, he lost his job, but... He pocketed some sweet cash. Yeah. Would you do it? No, I don't think so. It's a pretty dodgy thing to do. I mean, that breach of security is pretty awful. It's pretty fucked, particularly when we're talking about the Standard Hotel. This is a hotel that built their whole brand of being celebrity friendly. So a breach like this threatens the bedrock of what that hotel chain was founded on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they're the hotel that are hosting the after party, the main after party in the boom, 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 (laughs) I just needed to say that again. For the Met Gala, you're imagining that you've got really close ties to celebrities. I mean, according to The Guardian, Beyonce actually had a history with the hotel. They said that she had reportedly filmed a music video there a year prior. Mm. So you can imagine they were desperate to hold on to the relationship between themselves and the Cardinals family. Yeah, well, it's their job to protect celebrities and that's in the DNA of the Standard Hotel. This chain was partly funded by Leonardo DiCaprio and Cameron Diaz and Jayla was a frequent customer as well. So this was bad, bad news for the Standard Hotel. Fun fact, they're actually not in business anymore. They closed down a couple of years later. It's not a fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. Sad fact for anyone who loved the hotel. <laughs> I mean, it's a business, not functioning anymore. <laughs> I'm so sorry to anyone who is involved in the Standard Hotel. I mean, it's just a business that stopped. I'm sure there are people that are upset about that. But let's talk about the theories before we end this episode for today because there were basically two main theories that simmered in the weeks and months after this story broke. Yes. The theories aren't great. And I say aren't great in that at this time in 2014, there was absolutely no concrete evidence to prove either of them were particularly true. Yeah, this is the strange thing, right? At the time, I remember distinctly thinking, these theories are just total bullshit. These have no legs. There's nothing to them. We're about to give you guys the two main theories. One of them does end up being true. 
happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't, still don't know that for sure either. I'm going out on a limb and saying one of them that is the most, probably is true. That is the most Michelle Andrews thing ever to say, like, a celebrity rumour that I believe to be true is simply true, even though the celebrities themselves haven't acknowledged it. Anyway, <laughs> both theories centre on Jay-Z being unfaithful to Beyonce. And yep. the first theory is also to do with Rihanna. So... Going back in time a little bit, some important context about Jay-Z and Beyonce's relationship history comes back to 2005. In 2005, the Rihanna rumours came out. And when I say the Rihanna rumours, I mean the rumours about Rihanna and Jay-Z having an affair. This was when Rihanna's career was really taking off and that Jay-Z was head of the record company and that he was kind of mentoring young artists like Rihanna and there were all these news stories about the two of them having an affair. Yeah, these rumours were reportedly so intense that it apparently caused Jay-Z and Beyonce to break up for a little bit. Of course, we're never going to be able to clarify if that's the case because they've never actually clarified if they were even dating at this point. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's a a very good point. The really curious thing about this rumour in particular is that it's kind of been debunked in the years since, Mm. but it's hard to know how credible the debunking is too. (laughs) So... This is a line from an L article from journalist Christina Rodolfo. One story making the rounds revolves around the claim that a former publicist started leaking stories about Rihanna and Jay-Z having an affair back in 2005 for publicity. That publicist, Jonathan Hay, claims in a book that he worked with a Pondé Replay writer and producer and planted the Jay-Z stories to make sure Rihanna's first single became a hit. However, the producer said he barely even knew the guy. So basically what we've got here is we had this rumour in 2005 that Jay-Z and Rihanna had an affair. Years later, a publicist who reportedly worked for Rihanna said, nah, nah, that wasn't true. I planted that story to kind of... Create intrigue. Yeah, exactly. But the other people involved in this say, we don't even know who this person is. (laughs) So it gets really confusing. What does this all have to do with Elevator Gate, you ask? Well, some people argue that the reason that Solange and Jay-Z were having it off in the elevator was because Jay-Z wanted to go to Rihanna's after party and they all thought that was a bit disrespectful. I got so lost there when you said having it off in the elevator because that (laughs) sounded like they were having sex. No, having it off is like going at it. Is it I guess it could mean either thing. (laughs) We know it doesn't mean what I was just insinuating. You're right. So this was a rumour that carried on despite the fact that we had kind of gotten information in the intervening years that there was nothing here and that it was all bullshit from the very beginning. That's why this theory in particular is very confusing. But what gave it legs was that there was an unauthorised biography of Beyonce published by J. Randy Taraborelli, who wrote that this is what happened and this is what sparked the argument. He wrote, The chain of events is said to have begun when Jay said he wanted to attend an after-party hosted by Rihanna. It would overstate things to say that Beyonce is jealous of Rihanna, but because of what happened almost seven years earlier relating to her, she may justifiably remain a little sensitive where she is concerned. Dare I say, it's probably not enough for your sister to attack your partner because he wants to go to an after-party hosted by Rihanna. Like, there's not enough numbers adding up to equal (laughs) the correct sum to me here. This theory, i got to say, is like hanging on by a thread. Like, it's just not strong. (laughs) We also had this quote. Perhaps it was a business decision on Jay's part to want to attend the Rihanna party since she'd just signed a new deal to record with his Rock Nation records. Whatever his reasoning, he and Beyonce had words about it. A whispered argument, according to one source close to the situation. And that was the end of it. Jay was not going to be attending that party. 
Had it not been witnessed by Solange, it probably would have been over and done with. However, because Solange knew that Rihanna was a sore spot for her sister, she pulled Jay aside and had angry words with him. I mean, she had more than that. We've got the footage. Yeah, I know. It wasn't just angry words. It was angry legs and arms too. So that was one theory put to the side. The other theory, which actually gained a little bit more traction in the years after this, was one about Rachel Roymish. Yeah, so this is the theory that we are going to be diving into more and more guys. A source did tell E! News back in 2014 that Solange's anger came after Jay-Z got a little close with a fashion designer by the name of Rachel Roy. Here's the quote from that article. She is the ex-wife of his former business partner, Damon Dash. A source told Us Weekly that Beyonce's younger sister had yelled at designer Rachel Roy earlier at the after party, which was held again in the boom, 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 boom <laughs> at the Standard Hotel. So Rachel Roy is the other name. I'm sure that name sounds very, very familiar to our listeners because Rachel Roy pops up a lot in the ensuing years, but we will get into all of that in our next episode. I'm so sorry to leave you there, but (laughs) we promise you Rachel Roy is coming right back in part two. Becky with the good hair. Let's do it. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We are enjoying doing them so much. This episode was researched by us, Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. If you want to support the show, Mish, what should they do? They can do so many things. One of the main things is to click follow on Spotify Spotify or click subscribe on Apple Podcasts. The reason we ask you guys to do that is that is actually how the charts are determined. So for Shameless to find new listeners and for new people to discover the show, the best way to do that is to get us higher in the chart. So if you can hit that subscribe or hit that follow button, we will be forever appreciative. Yeah, we will be back in your ears on Thursday as always with our first pop culture wrap back after the break. And then, of course, part two of Elevator Gate comes next Monday. Ooh, I can't wait. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. Bye. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse. If you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.